Well, I can see you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff, Code, and Beaver. <laughs> Welcome in to another edition of Buff Coat and Beaver, a Beavis and Butthead podcast. I'm Clay Cunningham, as always, joined by my co-host Adam Kurtz. And Adam, as you'll remember, last week, you know, I really went to town on the uh, the so-called Big Ten with its 14 teams. But in that in that discussion, I didn't even get after the fact that there's the Big 12 over here running around with 10 teams. And while the lamestream media is pumping us full of stories about freedom fries and the cola wars, these dipshits are running roughshod under our nose and they never even learn to count. I mean, wake up, sheeple! I... Well, and I, I enjoy this bit. I uh... Well, actually, yeah, this, this has been another edition of Clay Cunningham owns the NCAA with facts and logic. I want to, you, your accent kind of goes somewhere, and I don't know exactly where, but I'm a fan. And I man, just, it takes facts it, and logic are just whoo. wherever. Ta- oh, oh, dude, dude, I thought of a great chaser to the sheep, the, the sheep line. Ready? Ba ba, black sheep, have you any soul? Oh, dude, what? This is, you're right on it here. I'm on fire. Well, it's, um, I, I, you know, I, I felt like I kind of had to bring the fire uh, with the episode this week because um, I don't know what I'm going to think of this one when it's done because, um, well, just like in my writing and research, I had to do a lot of discussions about people that I don't really like. It just kind of like, brought that up. But, you know, it's okay. I just thought, you know, if it doesn't work, whatever. But um, what we're doing this week, um, I think the theme we did was uh, Beavis and Butthead run afoul of a live audience, and we're going to do that through the discussion of the episodes Right On and Radio Sweethearts. But really, I, I, I don't know. There's a whole, see, I really there's a whole lot to talk about, like, you know, the current and past media landscape just kind of viewed through the lens of Beavis and Butthead. And, um, oh, yeah, I think I'm ready to dive in if you yourself are. Yes, right on. Let's talk right on. Aired May 12th, 1994. It was the 20th episode of season four. It was written by Christopher Brown and Mike Judge, directed by Mike Judge. Uh, The synopsis, a right-wing talk show host invites Beavis and Butthead on his show, mistaking them for two bright young men. Adam, what do you have to say about right on? So, um... You know, you're talking about people you don't like, which is a shocker to me. I thought you were a huge Rush Limbaugh fan, which is kind of what this uh, was based on. But uh, I know you don't like to express your opinions on this show. But uh, no, they the boys are watching the Gus Baker show, which is a Rush Limbaugh parody. And uh, immediately he's, it's a great parody too. It's, it looks like him. It sounds like him. Um, he's pro-death penalty and pro-gun, which Beavis and Butthead are all, all about. I don't know why they're watching this. Maybe I missed that part or I just didn't write that down. No, just it, it just kind of came on. Um, I, what, I, I guess we come, did Rush Limbaugh have a studio audience show? Ah, he could have. Maybe. It doesn't really matter. I just kind of, yeah, I just got, but I just always kind of remember him 
you know, in a studio. Really, I only remember him mocking Michael J. Fox. Uh, but, uh, Ooh, yeah. but uh, yeah, anyway, continue. Um, well, Gus's anti-music video, which the boys just kind of ignore hearing, <laughs> and they just agree. Well, I guess they're saying music videos suck, but, you know... That's really where they like to spend a lot of their time. I, it seems. Yes, they watch a lot of sucky ones, but they're still. Uh, you know, it still brings them together. But nonetheless, they're anti-music video when it comes to Gus, and they uh, call in to the old Gus Baker show. And Gus loves their moral character just because uh, <laughs> they're agreeing with pretty much whatever he says. Yes. And uh, so much so he invites them on the show. And uh, I, I like how the show has really just no screening process, even when they invite <laughs> the boys there. Um, and then we get our second buff coat. Our Beavis and Buff Coat mm-hmm. are introduced yes. on the show. And then uh, Gus gets the uh, crowd riled up and gets the boys riled up about music videos where they flat say Meatloaf sucks. R.I.P. This is close to... Uh, Meatloaf's death, who uh, would have, I think, enjoyed being mentioned on a fictitious Gus Baker show because uh, Meatloaf uh, turned out to be a big right winger. Uh, but they uh, apparently you can't say sucks on the Gus Baker show, and then that leads them to go down there a uh, rabbit hole of Beavis and Butthead curse words uh, that they start to use. And it ends in Beavis mooning the Gus Baker crowd. And uh, Gus gets pissed, calls them bastards, and kicks them off the show. Um, which, man, Gus actually loses his show <laughs> because of the boys. And, um, you know, uh, we actually find out that Beavis is a lazy wiper as well <laughs> due to him mooning. Uh, <laughs> but it says he can see a little you know, leftovers there, uh, on the tape. So, uh, yeah. That's so dumb. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Beavis and Butthead ruin a right-winger's career by cursing on his show. But, uh, that's on Gus Baker for inviting the boys on based on their strong moral character because their generation is lost. So, uh, it was great to see, uh, Gus's show go down in flames. And, you know, I like, I'm not really big into, you know, political comedy satire, because a lot of times, I don't know, like, I watch people like, you know, Colbert or Samantha Bee, these shows, I just, I can't stand them, because I, well, I mean, a lot of it's just like, there's not really that many jokes, but really a lot of, a lot of stuff they do, I feel like if you, it always, like, they're trying to be so timely, but I think when you do that, like, nine times out of ten, if you watch like one of those clips in a month, you're just like, oh my God, this is already embarrassingly dated. Um, sure. Did you catch what Gus Baker said about Beavis and Butthead before we brought them out? Um, no, you'll have to refresh my uh, memory. They, he, he said, uh, this aired in 1994, that these, I don't have, these two boys would quote, Make this country great again. Great again, yes. Yeah. Yes, I actually yeah. did, now that you say that. I did think that. I was like, oh, wow. There's that. And I also, like, just, just, it almost seems fitting, too, that Butthead just gives an incredulous, uh, what? <laughs> Declaration <laughs> when he says that. So, I mean, that one jumped out. And 
Another thing like you wouldn't think would hold up very well would be the critique of music videos because I mean that doesn't really not really a thing anymore except you if you remember about a year ago the whole thing where you know Ben Shapiro you know trying to cement his legacy as the world's biggest dweeb went on that sweet, does so yeah that 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 <laughs> wet ass p word like thing this is a medical condition kind of thing so so even that came out and i think what i like too is it really kind of you know, re- showcases just the ridiculous hypocrisy of people like this because yeah while there's on well while beavis and butthead are running rub shot you know he's basically just trying to stop them you know it's like you can't say that you can't do that and then when the news then they were watching the news talking about how the show was canceled and uh gus he of course claimed i'm being censored you know and um like a nice like a comparison i thought of was um well i I know that was kind of like a rush limbaugh staple but like uh, when um the youtuber steven crowder is who i thought of who's a right winger and i think the most interesting thing to me about steven crowder is i think if the people who he aimed to upset just didn't pay attention, he'd have no career because he's fucking like talentless and like embarrassingly unfunny and just like, I don't know. But, you know, there's the, there's that audience that just wants to own the libs. And therefore, I think he has like 10 million YouTube subscribers. It might even be more. He's very he's very well off. But I bring it up because he like what I basically know him for is being like a free speech advocate, which like in and of itself is very noble because there is a lot of like, you know, push to like do like weird censorship online. But the problem, I think like 95 times out of a hundred with those people, it's either a combination of like, well, black people can say the N word. Why can't I? Or I think an even more prominent one, and this is where, like, I think Crowder falls, is, like, the, the second they hear something they don't like, they immediately try to censor it. Which, and this, uh, what, what it reminded me of, I know he's also known for those uh, change my mind um, things he does, yes. where he goes to college campuses and we shockingly learn the truth that, you know, 20-year-old go- girls with pink hair can't debate well on the spot, just... But I've literally seen one of those, and I don't remember what the topic was, but I do remember the kid he was debating with called his argument autistic. And so naturally, you think, well, Steven Crowder, free speech, give me free speech, or free speech, give me death would have been fine. No, literally, you can't say that, how dare you, how dare you? And I just like, was like, uh, he's such a fucking fraud, you know? And that's, and that's, I mean, it's almost exact parallels. Gus Baker was spending the whole time trying to censor them. And then somebody steps in and cried, like, you know, like, hey, hey, how dare you try to censor me? Just, I mean, it's, um, I mean, yeah. I think the, I think the folks at home need some backs, just a little context here, Clay. You are extremely, uh, and, not anti-political, but I mean, you and I are pretty close and you really don't talk about it too much. 
So this is like, uh, this is interesting. Like you're not, I don't think you're being political here, but it's, well, to hear you talk about it in this well, context for because, Beavis and Butthead to bring it out is, is I, I think interesting. And that's, that's why I kind of gave that disclaimer because, you know, I just, it just, it doesn't interest me. Like, I don't care. Like I don't identify like with any kind of political movement because it's all so tribal and so just like say the right thing or, you know, whatever. But that's just kind of what it reminded me of. And I think it is a good um, satire. The one thing I will say, like, I do like the episode. It's not a particular, there's not that many laugh out loud moments. Um, the, sure. the thing you mentioned, uh, you know, with <laughs> Beavis's dingleberries, but also, and then the other thing that <laughs> just made me laugh is really kind of a recurring gag. I love every time Beavis moons somebody and you hear just that peekaboo. That's <laughs> just uh, one of those voices you could tell Mike Judge just like really enjoyed like putting some stank onto it. But it's just kind of, but yeah, yeah it's solid. It, it's a solid episode, but um, yeah, just I, you know, I, my, I, I think it might be more, maybe more interesting than, well, not good, but great. But I, I, I mean, just yeah. Well, you say your piece now. That no, I just you know I think Mike Judge in general kind of comments, uh, but he's comments on politics of the time and stuff like that. And even like going to break during this episode, you can kind of hear uh, Bill Clinton impersonator and stuff like that. But I think it's more kind of along the lines of what you're saying is just pointing out hypocrisy and things like that. There's nothing. And of course, I, I think Mike Judge directed Idiocracy, right? I was, uh, was going to bring that up. We don't talk about that too often. So, uh, I mean, yeah, obviously he does get political there. But um, no, I, I found that interesting that you went down that road. I wasn't expecting that. And um, I'm upset about it. No, okay. I'm, yes. Well, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to drive the audience away. But um, <laughs> yes. it's just, uh, um, did you see Idiocracy, by the way? You know, I uh, might be sacrilege. Uh, I, it's been one of those countercultures. So many people have told me to watch it that I just haven't. So, well, I'm going to be counter no, counterculture. And now I, I saw it like 15 years ago, and that was before, like you know, people using it as like, oh, look how much it, it highlighted Trump's America. I didn't really like it, and I mean, it might be more interesting with a modern lens, but. I mean, unless they can replace Luke Wilson in the lead role, I don't think I'm going to like it that much. Because uh, here's here's my other hot button comments. All short sorts of shots today. Yeah, Luke Wilson sucks. But um, but yeah, just again, I, I don't know if this is like sanctimonious or dumb. I mean, but it's it just kind of um, I guess a quote that I always like um, about well, a guy that I think we disagree. Uh, the po the comedian and podcaster Tim Dillon who. I know I'm a bigger fan of his than you. I believe you said he should be arrested for treason for being critical of Joe yes. Biden during the election. That's a hundred percent verbatim. Okay, but it's just like, but I just remember, and he's kind of, I, I don't know, I don't agree with everything he says, but I remember him talking about like, you know, politicians and political pundits, and the quote was, all the fuck they want to do is get power and you give it to them so easily. And that's sort of, I kind of like, I, that that's why I don't like those type of people. That's why I'm kind of worried that everything I've said is kind of not that interesting in the realm of Beavis and Butthead, but it's what I thought about. And I think part of it is too that it's, yeah, I mean, 
it's impressive that they he got so much right in this episode with I mean not really even trying and um, and yes he, even though he did as as you indicated he did kind of slur the name or not slur I don't know he he sullied the name of my hero Rush Limbaugh. Well, I um, I will consider this show a success when Herb Alpert with a video we saw earlier pulls his music oh. because we're on Spotify. Oh. So, <laughs> well, well, you know what? Uh, why do I? We'll, we'll give him something to talk about now. Jumping into the videos, there are three here: uh, "Savory" by Jawbox, "Should I Stay or Should I Go" by The Clash, and. North on South Street by the aforementioned Herb Albert Alpert. Adam, what do you got? Um, I I thought a nice three piece here. The videos, um, Beavis. Uh, we learned pooped in Stewart's dryer. Uh, yes, we did a birthday party in the Jawbox song. In the Clash, I enjoyed uh, them thinking that was Jerry Seinfeld, yes. and then going down the Seinfeld ro- road and having some conversations there. And then I got a big kick out of them not knowing what a trumpet was. So they kept, re- <laughs> kept referring to it as that thingy. Um, and a little rip uh, against, you know, I know they ripped on your uh, your BFF, Rush Limbaugh, mine, electronic music. They were just saying, like, they're playing a stereo. You could kind of take that away from Herb Alpert, which I think was more samples than band, but they don't they don't approve. So uh, yeah, and I, I did like too. Like that was the aforementioned uh, Beavis taking a dump in a dryer. I love that. That was literally the only party he ever got invited to, and that was his hide. They were playing hide hide and seek. So and, and he I, he literally shit while he was inside of it, which is you know more than a little gross, but perfectly in character. And yeah, I I didn't get a whole lot out of Herb out. Al, Albert and um, The Clash. I, I, I'm a big Seinfeld fan, so I think there was more like kind of approving nod, just like, yeah, yeah, good. Yes. But, but yeah, nothing like particularly hilarious. But yes, the, the poop in the dryer was uh, the, the, the standout, I think. So lazy wiping in the episode and then the pooping in the dryer. Uh, that's, uh, that's where I stand out, but uh, are you off your soapbox yet? Well, we I mean, I guess we'll have to see. Part of me hopes... Maybe there was a deleted scene where Mrs. Stevenson found the turd in the dryer because uh, I think she'd, she'd be real prime for a quality reaction there. But um, yeah, well, you know what? Now now that I've got a juice for speaking my mind, that's just what this show's going to be. To hell with Beavis and Butthead. No, no, of course not. I would never say to hell with Beavis and Butthead. But um, we are at the halfway point and uh we are going to stop momentarily but you won't even you'll barely notice through the magic of editing when we get back here to discuss radio sweethearts on buff code and beaver we are back for part two, and uh, before we get into it, I just want to give a fair warning to any Chris Cornell fans out there. Not that Adam really needs much prompting to, you know, piss all over the grave of that rock and roll legend, but he's got a free reign to do it for the third time in four episodes this season. So just there's your there's your trigger warning, you fucking libs. Oh, God. <laughs> 
Oh, I thought the break would get it out of me, but it didn't. Oh, I, that, this is just who I am now. But uh, anyway, Adam, uh, give us some background uh, on the episode Radio Sweethearts. You know, I always feel like you do a better job with the skits, the better job with the insight, and uh, with Radio Sweethearts here, it's no different. <laughs> so, episode, uh, this episode aired July 14th, 1994, I almost said 44, you did. 1994, <laughs> uh, season 4, episode 30, it was written by Christopher Brown, Mike Judge, and it entails... The boys working at Burger World, they listen to the radio, so while working at Burger World, Beavis and Butthead call a radio station. Clayton, there's more to it than that. What do you got? Yeah, so, um, yeah, they're, you know, working the the uh, the fryer uh, back in at Burger World, and uh, they come across a radio competition for a local show called Rabid Ron in the Morning, where... Uh, you can win a guest DJ spot if you know about a British band who went by the name The Fab Four, which uh, <laughs> nobody knows. Nobody calls in and knows uh, who the band they're referring to. Um, so eventually he just has to give up and offer it to the next caller. And uh, that happens to be <laughs> Beavis and uh, a butthead as... Uh, <laughs> As he's called. A real uh, Dick Eberhardt uh, Sanchez uh, <laughs> vibe for yes. any sports fans. Yes, Listen absolutely. to his call of Sanchez. Mark Sanchez. Uh, oh, another, an, another dead man. Uh, we're dragging through the mud here. That's three in one, like in like 20 minutes of talking. Good, good on us. But um, uh, yeah, they basically, they go on the show and uh, they do, it, it basically, it, it's essentially the last episode, except it's on a radio show instead of a conservative TV show. And um, I like, they infuriate the host by basically saying everything he's playing sucks or sucks, 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 says Beavis. <laughs> says on numerous occasions, even hilariously calling him an old fart at one point, which I had not heard that insult in a long time, but um <laughs> So, you know, like in the annals of you know Beavis and Butthead media personality history, you know we already talked about you know Gus Baker. There was also Captain Dick Jackman, who got yeah. a lot of play in one of our like through all those, all just the putrid media types. I'm, t- uh, ra- I think Rabid Ron is the worst. I fucking hate this guy. Um, <laughs> well, it's bad. I mean, first of all, I mean at one point he's literally like when Beavis and Butthead you know, are being disruptive. The first thing he thinks to do is to say to these 15-year-old boys while he's on the air that he got some the night before, which just fucking pathetic. And also, like, he can't even roll with the punch. He's just a self-serious jackass who can't roll with the punches. And he's got a great bit here because, like, he's doing a bit where the 10th caller... Uh, gets tickets to a Bon Jovi concert, which he gives to, you know, guest DJ Butthead to read. And, you know, Butthead can't read, so um, he, he announces that the 10th caller will get a free butt tattoo, <laughs> which is kind of the final straw that he screams and kicks him out of the studio. And um, I like that. It's just a really nice touch that, you know, as they're leaving the studio, they have the receptionist and you hear her say, no, I'm sorry, folks, we're not doing the butt giveaway. Well, the phones are ringing (laughs) off the hook. (laughs) They were, yes. The promotion worked. 
it did and um it's just so yeah but it, and they go back to burger world and when they get there wouldn't you know it uh there is a retooled rabid ron in the morning where he's now i mean straight up imitating their voices and it's like a like a block of 10 in a row songs that don't suck and stuff and then there's like another co-host i don't know if it's rabid ron throwing his voice or whatever and uh beavis and butthead hate it and i think you know this is another one i think there's like an easy read just like these fucking idiots don't even realize they're doing it but i think it's um they they sense what a fraud it what a fraud he is and i believe and going back uh, there was an interview with christopher brown i think this was in taina greatness which is getting took four episodes to get its first shout out of the season but um he mentioned you know as dumb as they are um they have solid bullshit detectors and i think they (laughs) they kind of went through just like this is phony and um you know he deserves it because yeah i'm gonna go back like the first time i watched this like i thought the fab four question i mean it was just kind of a small thing but it's like really nobody knows who the fab four was and you know what i'm gonna say i just think i don't think anybody want to listen to this guy's show <laughs> absolutely could be it um i found that hilarious yeah that nobody knew what that was um and uh you know on on the radio sweethearts for me is yeah, the the DJ is uh, unlikable. I do enjoy the. Uh, there's a tweet here from, uh, not mine, but somebody else. But I got a big cack out of this. It it reminded me of uh, a, a local rock stations are are like uh, you're listening to hard fucking rock. None of that pussy new shit rock so hard <laughs> you'll shit your pants. Up next we have Imagine Dragons and Twenty One Pilots. <laughs> Like I really that that's where I thought of immediately just rock that kicks ass. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a line. Yeah, <laughs> this, uh, and and he's giving away tickets to Bon Jovi, which we've referenced. There was uh, Butthead beat up Beavis once for implying that he liked one part of a Bon Jovi <laughs> yes. song. Um, you know uh, the also the unsavory rock DJ. I, I don't know if Man Cow was a rock DJ. I think maybe it was in the mornings, but I think he was kind of like Chicago's version of Howard Stern. Yeah, um, yeah, he's a shock jock type. So like, there was a show I went to in Chicago when I was younger. I mean, I was in college, so I couldn't have been more than twenty twenty one at the at oldest. I think I was younger than that. Um, where he was introducing the bands on stage and he made a comment about he could smell the secretions of the ladies in the audience oh. uh refer- and just like that vibe like <laughs> made me think of rabid ron too um like yeah it was just really just off-putting and like oh so basically i just wanted to stick with the theme of this show of you calling out people will never interact with like because Steven Crowder now my, my ma- much more relevant man cow um but um I guess he's a WLS radio host in the morning so hopefully he listens and uh but uh yeah you you really creep me out on that uh introduction of that show but nonetheless um back to this episode I just <laughs> I I enjoyed um Beavis just going back to the check out my butt. 
um, <laughs> constant <laughs> reference when like a rabid Ron tries to give them advice so just pretend like you're talking to one person which is solid radio advice mm-hmm. but uh, we should mention immediately you, you worked in radio yeah I, I think that's uh, part of the connection there but uh, yeah uh, Beavis immediately falls back to check out my butt even after the advice so um I got a kick to the kick out of them on there, and I think you're right. They they do they can detect things that aren't genuine, and either way, if they just didn't detect it as genuine, or they didn't understand that they could have been famous, them putting the radio in the fryer is is solid. Yes. So I'm on board either way. And I think another like, and this is another thing that kind of made me think of like you know something of today i think it's kind of reflective rabid ron particularly is kind of reflective of the whole like traditional media versus independent media uh type thing now like we've both done it like i know you you know have done radio you've been in television i was um i was a newspaper reporter up until june of 2021 which good lord sounds pathetic when you say it out loud but um there is kind of like this aura i feel like of people who work in traditional media just like this sense of superiority um and just like that i just i hate i found gross just because you know i've been fired from jobs uh that i didn't deserve to just because you know it's owned by just incompetent assholes who basically just kind of slash everything and i always felt it was weird that so many people kind of took such pride is like oh i probably i followed the proper channels and now i have no job security for like for the entirety of my working career kind of like um uh do you remember now this is another thing that i do care about but i know it's not that interesting but i'll bring it up anyway like uh, so like the remember when the washington post did that super bowl ad a couple of years ago no, well, it was you know, like sorry. it was like they paid. It was like a ten million dollar ad, and they paid Tom Hanks to say "Democracy dies in darkness." And I remember being on social media. This happened like almost literally a year after I lost the best job I ever had, so I was kind of bitter anyway. I remember just people saying, "Just yes, the Washington Post gets how important they are, how important <laughs> the work that we do is." And then literally the next day, a Washington Post. Uh, or, well, um, well, Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, that wonderful peach of a man. But like a reporter, like pointed out, says, "Yeah, that's that's a nice ad and all, but um, I had to use all my vacation days after I had a baby because you don't pay uh, maternity leave." <laughs> yeah, and so that's and there's so there's that, and then there's always just kind of this whole poo-pooing of independent, like authentic media. Like and we are we already talked about some that's bad, but there's also a lot that is good, and it's like you know people respond to it because it's authentic, and it's like people who don't care about you know outside interference, kind of like you know Beavis and Butthead on that show, which I think they they kind of you know they found it so appealing, and um, I mean I, I I don't know like you worked in media too, I don't know if that crossed your mind at all, but no. Um... It, it, I think news media and uh, radio and, and TV are different. But, I mean, they're still all dying or yes. being consumed by, you know, this. You know <laughs> <laughs> I mean? Like what we're doing right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I, um, 
in talking about that though, Clay, so what this is really stupid and probably again we we don't talk about what we're gonna say what would Beavis and Buttheads be fan of Joe Rogan at this point then? Because isn't he kind of teetering on that line? We probably should wrap things up that we're talking about well, this now, but yeah. you know what I mean? I, like that's... I actually, um, one thing I was going to point out was that, and I don't really give a shit about Joe Rogan. I never have. Like, I don't love, I don't listen to a show. I don't care, Like, but I like, I don't hate him. I, I had written... That I do feel like there, but there is a like a lot of jealousy towards him by mainstream Absolutely. media. Absolutely, yep. And I mean, now I, I know there's all kinds of shit with the vaccine stuff, but like, mm-hmm. even when I like, so I, and it's but, but yeah, he he's the big one. Obviously, he's like mm-hmm. the biggest voice in the world, and I feel like eighty percent of CNN's resources now are just complaining about him, which is just stupid basically um yeah. i mean it, well, it goes back to that argument in the first of uh, there's a lot of people that are just in or maybe even just addicted to you know like this whole social media is engineered to drive to stories like that to get you mad to get you to look for another story where you're mad so man we've really yeah. just but but that that's what that's the big thing why i don't like the arrogance of people like rabid ron because it's just yeah like you can hate all that, but your bosses are going to make you follow those trends where, and like it, you mentioned that like this, I, and, and again, like now this is never going to be a job for us, obviously. Well, I mean, to be, and to be, I actually have been offered some six figure salaries on the condition that I throw you off the show and I won't do it. Dude. I won't do it. Wow. Because, I mean, like if I brought in a co-host who was capable of remembering that we touch, we say our favorite episodes at the end, it just wouldn't be Buff Coat and Beaver, you know? But, or if one that stuck to a schedule of producing these things. Yeah, absolutely. But um, it's just, yeah, it just kind of, another one, uh, well, maybe we got off the point again. But you know what? what, what whatever. It's, I, there's just a lot, a lot of stuff to talk about. But um, this episode, I think, yeah, the big difference is with right on. I, 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 there are a lot of laughs with that one. I love just... Butthead stuttering, and then the first thing that comes out is you get a free butt tattoo. It's a joke you've heard like a million times on the show, and yes. it's always good. And because they always take like like you said, the the phones, the receptionist, like no, we are not giving away a butt tattoo. Like the promotion worked, you know. Like they they take it to that X X uh, a different place every time. I feel like even though it's the same joke, it's three. It's we always go back three Stooges. Mm-hmm. It just it's classic. Yeah, and if if that fat balding old fart could have just rolled with the punches, who knows what could have happened? But but naturally couldn't. Now was uh, Rabbit Ron a Wolfman Jack? callback to for the name style or you think because he wasn't really a shock jock like i said with man cow he's yeah. more just kind of he's just like yeah host. sort of a, yeah just a rock kick-ass rock station dj I, I i mean i'm sure he was modeled i feel like he's probably an amalgamation of probably 30 different people honestly yeah but, sure um but yeah that's so music videos, you got. I've got to disparage one more person here. Yes, yes, you do. Um, Sonic Youth, Dirty Boots, Soundgarden, Spoonman, and then Greta. Is this what you wanted? Yeah, um, I. 
I don't know. I, I don't really remember much from the Sonic Youth video. I watched it a couple times. I didn't really kind of make any notes. Um, uh, as far as Spoon Man goes, you know, the, the song is like, All my friends are brown and red. And uh, I wrote that down too. <laughs> yeah, but it's just, yeah, he's just like, All his friends are brown and red, which means they're turds and they suck. <laughs> just uh, just a, a great Beavis and Butt headline. And, um, yeah, the Greta video, um, yeah, it's a man in a dress, and uh, they make a, like a, they repeatedly point out that he has a really big dick, and um, this kind of took me back, uh, really, uh, we had a friend in elementary school who one day, um, for some reason, just felt like he was insulting me by telling me I had a big dick, and like i remember even then just like what that's uh thanks like <laughs> that's just yeah and you've held that with you i well i remember <laughs> it but it's just like uh, just that was the strangest insult i've ever had but um well i mean that's my thoughts now um you know enraged soundgarden fans again adam i i I think um, it was just Black Hole Sun. That's the only thing I truly don't like is Black Hole Sun. This was fine. Spoon Man's fine. I wrote down the same line you did. Um, so no no blood out. And I'm not out for blood. We've already ripped on Meatloaf and ripped on Rush and ripped on Wolfman Jack, R.I.P. Um, Greta, though, the drummer of Greta, left for Rage Against the Machine. I didn't know that. Oh. That was my research there. So, uh, yeah. Interesting tidbit. And then the Sonic Youth, they, there was a line of, like, tell me a story. <laughs> the line of the song wasn't even close. It was said, tell me a story. But then the boys just put, tell me a story of the chode. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that made me laugh. But, um, yeah, that's all I got out of the music bids. All right. Well, you know, I just took you to task for, you know, the, the best episode thing, but you did it, Adam. You made it to the end. Um, so we are going to say our, be our what we think is the best, and uh, you're going to go first, Adam. Do you prefer uh, Ride On or Radio Sweethearts? I, uh, you know, this is a neck and neck for me, and, I, you know, this is a game time decision. I haven't even really picked. I'm going with, um, I'm going with Ride On simply for the lazy wiping of Beavis that really made me laugh at the end. So that that was the tipping point for me and that wins. So if if you're if you're a creator out there and you want to win over Adam Kurtz, just include Dingleberry like Dingleberry references. You know, uh have you ever you played the game Cards Against Humanity, right? Uh I have. A couple so like a time or two, yeah. It's funny the first couple times you play, you know, it's a different game. Um my dad would give and it he, even if he wouldn't laugh if it mentioned farts or poop he oh, would declare that person the winner it got to the point where nobody wanted to play anymore because <laughs> we knew like you would set this up none of it was funny i mean that's where the game eventually leads but yeah. like he, he you mentioned farts and that so i am not that way but in this instance yes but so, but, but, at but times, i love my old man at, at times your genetics shine through Yes, that's right. I, oh, I love it. Okay. So. Um, this these might be the two most similar episodes we've discussed because it's been the same. Like they they get onto somebody's show, uh, they they're themselves, and they the infuriated uh, hosts kick them out. I think 
I'm leaning towards Radio Sweethearts one. I think it's I think I think it's funnier. I think it's just more. I I think there's more laughs, and it's just like I do like Ride On, but I don't like that I had to think so. I'd spend so much time thinking about you know, you know people Steven in that Crowley. realm. Um, so just yeah. So so for me, that is why I'm leaning Radio Sweethearts, and. Um, you know what, Adam? I'm gonna say, you know, you you've had some fun at my expense for my struggles to end the show. So you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put the pressure on you now. Tell the people where they can get in tr- in touch with us. Oh, and, dude, um, you know what? All stuff. It all comes back because they can contact us at buffcoatandbeaverpod at gmail dot com or on Twitter at butthole and joe. Um, so reach out to us those two ways, uh, and I'll give you Clay's personal cell phone number if you'd like that as well. And then next week, oh, we've got a slate um, for you. It's uh, Most Wanted and Stuart Moves Away. I can't wait. Clay, can you? I, I can't. I, you know, I... I, I would. I wrap so, that up pretty nicely you, for you just know, being put on the spot. You did. Come on. You did really well. I would have been impressed, except you did not mention that we have a Facebook page. Oh, well, fuck off. <laughs> wow. Well. Well. <laughs> all right. Well, that yes, that Facebook page is uh, Buff Coat and Beaver Pod, and um, well, otherwise solid. Well, oh, before we go away, um, I do uh, a belated R.I.P. to Louis Anderson. Who died oh, the same yeah. day as Meatloaf? Um, it's uh, been delayed in saying this, and it's going to be well past it. And um, if you've never watched the show Baskets, do it because he's great. It, it's great, and he's great, and it gives one of my favorite performances of the last ten years. But, I, I got to shout out Life with Louie too, man. I love yeah. that cartoon as a kid. Yes, so. yes, uh, uh, another comedic treasure gone before his time, but. Uh, 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 now say, you don't know where to go. Yeah, yeah. Now I was gonna say like we're done before, but that's not true, and we're not a treasure. So uh, you know what? Farewell, everyone. She's French, French Canadian. No, she's French France. Oh my God.